Okay, so Yud Aleph Cheshvan. Okay, so the first thing that I want to tell you is actually this is like this is Bischus, my son, who is um, who is currently in Rishikesh, India, running a Chabad house. Um, in the Schus of our learning, the, the Shliach actually came back to Israel. The Shliach and his and the Shulcha came back to Israel, and my son is there alone. He's 22 years old. Um, so Bezrat Hashem, he should be safe, and he should be successful, and um, until Hanukkah, he should um, continue to bring light to Rishikesh, India. That's so cool. And, uh, and I'm going to teach in his schush that um, it should strengthen go? him, and, uh, and, 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 not, and, and, and I'm not going to fall into a place of being extraordinarily worried. I'm going to, like, he's going to be, you know, bringing light oh, in Rishikesh, India. Okay, so... So he told me, okay, um, from the, uh, the words of Rav Yitzchak Ginsburg, because that's his Rav, right? Yud, Yud Aleph is the gematria of, or sorry, Yud Aleph Cheshvan is the 41st day of the year. Uh, the year, right? If you go from Rosh Hashanah to now, it's 41 days. And 41 is the gematria of M. Okay, Aleph Mem, which means mother. That's right. Okay, so today is Mother's Day. Um, so Racheli Menu's yard site, right? Obviously, none of this is coincidence. It's all Hashkachapratis. Yes. Um, when we think of one of the imaot that we are like most closely connected to, who do we think of? Rachel. Rachel, right? Racheli Menu. That's who we think of. We don't, um, you know, and 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 there's a lot of deep Torah about that, right? Why Rachel? Why not Leah? Um, why not, you know, Sarah and Rivka, like, why don't we feel such a strong connection? I mean, we obviously we go to Maris and Machpelah, we don't just go to Daven to the Imaos, we go to Daven to the, all the Avos and the Imaos that are buried there, but obviously very, you know, totally separately, and we'll talk about why, we go to Kever Rachel, and Kever Rachel has her own, um, Rachel Imenu has her own place in Kever Rachel, and I would say, you know, if you try to go there today, it's, it's jam-packed, absolutely jam-packed. Even despite the matzav, I'm sure that it's going to be absolutely jam-packed or is currently jam-packed. Um, almost every single day of the year, it's jam-packed. I was, I was um, my brother was here. My brother lives in New Jersey. And, um, and he was here with his, uh, with one of his daughters whose bat mitzvah was like during Corona and this was like a belated bat mitzvah trip. And, and I had my daughter who's 14 who also had her bat mitzvah in the middle of Corona, which was also... Not so much fun, um, and 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 the four of us went to uh, Kevrachel, and it was mamish. It was like a random Tuesday, Monday, whatever it was. I don't even remember. Like in you know, it wasn't even Elul yet. It was it was it was Av. It was it was not Tuba Av. It was you know, it was just a random day, and we went there. And you know, when we walked in, it actually was like a little bit less um, packed than it normally is, and I was like, oh, like. I actually thought like, oh, this is really nice. I can like, I can like go up right up to the, you know, right up to the kever. I can like, and then literally like before I could even finish that thought, like two busloads of women came in, and and I was like, you know, okay, this is even nicer. You know, <laughs> trying to have Avasi Israel in that moment, um, but no, it's 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 really beautiful, and we feel very very connected to Rachel Imenu. So, no coincidence that her yurt site. Is the is the day of, of Jewish motherhood, okay? Um, but the other thing that uh, you know what? Let me hand out the, the, the sheets. 
Okay? Because there's another, there's obviously another idea. There's more ideas that we're going to talk about. Do I have um, Yeah. Okay. So, you know what? There you go. Okay. Thank you. Um, okay. Let's meet Ralph Lee Maynard. Actually, you know what? No. Let's start with a story. Nice. Yes. Okay. Um, so... Okay, I'll start with just the story. This really has nothing to do with Ruffley Mania, but it has everything to do with Ruffley Mania, just because stories open our hearts, okay? So, um, the Gare Rebbe, who was the Gare Rebbe at the time of the Yom Kippur War, okay? So, you know, the, the, the situation that we're in right now is, is, is constantly being compared to the Yom Kippur War because, um, actually, I was at a thing last night and someone said, like, whatever the, whatever the media, whatever the Israeli government gave name to this, like, you know, Swords of iron, whatever, like, right? It's not going to be known as that. It's going to be known as what? The Simchas Torah War, right? Okay. So, so obviously, there's major comparisons to the Yom Kippur War. And the Ger Rebbe, when people would come and talk to him, um, you know, even during the war, but like Mamash, even after, or let's say Mamash during the war, but even after the war, he wouldn't talk politics. And literally, like, people would say to him, So, you know, what do you say about the situation? And he would say, what do I say? I say to him. Okay? So our, our, we've, we've spoken about this before, right? Our Torah learning right now, our whatever Tehillim saying you're going to say, um, I'm sure during the course of this day, right? All of that is, is, is our, our creating holy shields for, um, for the Am, for the Chayalim, even Bezrat Hashem for the, um, for the, for the hostages. Um, we should imagine our Torah like literally rising up as golden, you know, olive bait letters and, and wrapping themselves around the, around the hostages um, and, and, and hopefully giving them some, something to hold on to, some comfort, some, some safety. I don't know. Whatever it is, Hashem should help them. Hashem should help all of us. Okay. So, um, so, I call, uh, okay. So we meet Rachel Menu in Beratius. Okay. We have... Um, Yaakov, right, he ran away from um, the situation at home, we'll call it, okay, and he's, he's, uh, he's sent, really, to, um, to Lavan, um, to the, the Mishpacha, okay, and, um, and, he's, and he, he kind of gets to the well, right, the well is like the famous meeting place in, uh, it's, the, it's the place to meet your shidduch in, uh, in, in Bracious, okay, and, and even in Shmos, and, um, and, 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 and he starts schmoozing with the Sorry, shouldn't use those kinds of words about the avos. He was talking with the um, with the with the shepherds that are there, and then Odenim is a very mom. Okay, while he's still speaking with them, Rachel ba'a im hatzon asher la'aviha kiroahi, and Rachel came with her father's flock because she was their shepherd. She was a shepherd. Okay, now I, I looked. I'm, I didn't look long enough um, or, and, or hard enough. I'm, I'm positive that somewhere someone says. Right, that Rachel right away is described as the as a as a like a roah zone. We'll call her right, and all of the, you know, we're constantly being compared to the zone of Hashem, right? Um, in in the famous capital of Tehillim that we say Hashem roi loach sar, right? Um, David, right? Kaf Gimel twenty three, right? The Lord is my shepherd. That one, okay? 
I mean, constantly we're being compared to a flock of sheep. We are Hashem's sheep. All of the Avos were shepherds. Moshe Arbenu was a shepherd, right? It's no coincidence that Rachel Imenu, the, the Ima that we feel most connected to, is also, when we meet her, a shepherdess, okay? She is still shepherding us, right? What does a shepherd do? What's the job of a shepherd? Protect. Guide. Leads, guide, yeah? What else? Watch over, beautiful. Gathers. There you go. Nourish. Okay? Nourish. Takes the sheep to the flock, to the pastures, right? To where they need to eat. Like every Jewish mother, right? Okay? Um, so, so right away, she's already like, boom, in our sights as something unusual for the way that the women are described so far in Tanakh, okay? And, and, and an image of someone who's already like taking care of us, Yeah? When, when Yaakov saw Rachel, Bas Laban, the daughter of Laban, Achi, his family, oh, sorry, Achi Imo, the brother, the brother of his mother, right? So Yaakov comes forward and he rolls the stone off of the mouth of the well. And he, and he, and he enables the watering of the flock of Love on his mother's brother. Okay, um, again, there's a lot of um, Torah on like rolling the stone off of the well. Okay, Yaakov is like that person that sort of helps us draw um, brachas down into the world. Okay, um, okay, we're not going to go there. Okay, the next sentence. Vayishak Yaakov Rachel. This is quite shocking. Vayishak Yaakov Rachel. What does it mean? He kissed her. Okay, Vayisa es kolo and he raised his voice and he cried. <laughs> if you were if you were putting this in a movie, right? Ooh. Right? That's quite a first meeting, no? <laughs> Especially if she's you know, she's young. Right, okay, so whatever <laughs> we're gonna, you know, ages is, is like definitely for a different um, class. Okay. But um but but right, right, like that's like can you imagine? Like the first thing he does is kiss her and, and cry. Um, so we know, yeah. <laughs> except that he's, you know, so, so when we talk about Yaakov and Rachel, right, when we talk about any of the Abbas and the Imaos, right, we, we always are torn between the tension of talking about them as people and talking about them as, as paradigms, okay, um, because they certainly are, there's no question that they are both of those things, and so we have to really caution ourselves ever always from, um, you know, putting our... 2023 A and B, you know, regular human emotions onto them, okay? Um, this would not be like, a, this is like PG-13 already, like the first time that they meet is, is you know, is kissing. So there's a lot of misfortune. There's a lot of stuff about like, what does that mean that he kissed her? What does it mean? Where did he kiss her? You know, like, okay. The, but, 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 A, but like the very first, you know, we're always talking about panemius of Torah, so we're not going to take it on a shot level. We're going to take it into a panemius level. That, that kissing is like the, it's like described in Shira Shirim. Um, that, that, um, um, that, that like Hashem's, like at, at Har Sinai, when Hashem gave us the Torah, that it was like a kiss. That, and that every time we say, every time we learn Torah, it's like we're kissing Hashem because the mouth is a very, very important um, connection tool. And so a mouth can speak words and a mouth can kiss. 
and and both of those are meant to be you know at their highest level um connecting in, uh medium let's call it yes okay um but there was something else i wanted to say about that okay and rachel Menu in, in kabbalah talks it talks a lot about rachel Menu being the 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 um the uh the 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 um um the um the word I'm trying to think of the the element. No, that's not the right word. The um, the the level. Let's just call it of speech. Okay, that she represents speech. So the mouth right at the beginning. Okay, and then he cries, and Rashi comments because this is you know an unusual first meeting. Vayev, what does it mean that he cries? That he saw already right through Ruach HaKodesh in the first minutes of the meeting that he's not going to be buried with her. Um, and that's why he cried. Okay? He, it was love at first sight, obviously. Okay? He knew that he wanted to marry her. Um, and, and then he saw, foresaw that they're not going to be buried together, which obviously means something happens. Right? So he knew, I mean, it's Ruach HaKodesh, so, right, it was revealed to him. Okay, I stuck a little bit of Hasidus in there. Okay, the Agra Dekala is um, Rav um, Tzvi Eli Melch of Dinov. He's usually called the Bnei Saskar, but this is his book on Torah. It's called the Agra Dekala. Um, the, um, you know what? Agra Dekala, just digress for one second. Agra Dekala, okay? Sometimes it's written like that, okay? doesn't mean bride. Kala here doesn't mean bride, okay? Um, it means, it comes from the word like kolel, okay? Which means to gather, okay? And agra, what does that mean? Anybody? Letter. Refum tsara agra? Oh, isn't it a letter? Or is it not related to Igarit? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. So it's Aramaic. Both of these words are, I suppose it's probably an olive, actually. Sorry. Um... Uh, agra means work, labor, right? Lefum tsara agra is um is a saying of Chazal. Uh, according to the work is the reward. Yes, okay. Um, so the um oh sorry, not the the lefum tsara agra is the is the reward. I'm sorry, the reward, not the work. The reward of gathering. Okay, the reward of gathering. So the only reason why I I just actually love that name because. It's like the difference between learning Torah on your, on your own and learning Torah in a group of people is um, fundamentally different, right? Because the, the energy is different. So um, the reward of coming together and learning Torah is, is very great. Okay, that's the name of the saver. Anyway, he says, um, and he has a lot, this is very deep, okay? But I will just ta- we'll just touch upon the, the um, what's it called? The, like the, the tip of the iceberg here, okay? The first time we see Rachel's name, yes? Is it's written um, Virachel. Okay, it's not written just Rachel, it's written Virachel. Okay, which means what? And. And. And, and Rachel. Okay? <coughs> so he says, he points out that Hey Pa'amim Nimsar Vav Im Rachel. Okay, the name Rachel, I don't know exactly how many times it appears, but you know, she's not like Rachel is like just in a few, she's only in like I mean, there's a reference to her in a few other places, but really she's only in like two parshiot, right? Because she, they, they, they meet, they get married, 
you know, and then when they're leaving Lavan, she dies. So she's only in a couple of parshiot. So her name doesn't appear so many times. And five of those times, the vav is, is connected to Rachel. So apparently that's like an unusual amount of times that a vav would be connected to someone's name. And, she, and he says, Ki Rachel is the sod of Hey Acharona. Okay, the Hey Acharona is like when you're writing Hashem's name. Okay, so then you, okay, so you have the yud and the and then the hey and then the vav and then the hey. Okay, so this is the final hey, and basically in in Kabbalah, okay, this these two, the yud and then the hey, represents like a, a higher level, something very very high up. Okay, something a little bit not reachable for us, not understandable for us, and then the final vav and the final hey actually re- it represents like. The vav represents like drawing down, like it's a line, right? Like it represents drawing down that energy from above to below, okay? Um, and then the last thing that he says is vavav mitchaber ima, okay? So this vav, this level, this idea of drawing down, you know, this high uh, part of Hashem into the hay, which is like the lower, right? Which is like our world. So she's very connected to that concept, um, and she helps that happen, um, and that's why the Vav is connected to her name so so many times. Okay, a little bit of Panemius of Torah. Okay, the next thing is, the, the next major thing that happens in her life, and this is really what we're going to talk about mostly today, okay, is that she is barren. Okay, so here's another gematria for you. You had Alev Cheshvan, is the gematria of Akara. Akara means a barren woman. Okay, now, how many of the Imaot were barren women? All of them, that's exactly right. Okay, all of them. Okay, Sari Menu is married for 90 years before she has a baby, okay? Clearly, that even in Torah times, <laughs> that was not the norm, okay? Even in Torah times, it's like, it takes a miracle for her to have a baby, okay? And, and we know flat out, like it says, that, that she was actually born without even a womb, and then, the, and then um, like, this, that's what it means to be a, a barren woman, is like, it's not just something going on, it's that, like, almost in a way, like, not intended to have children. Um, and, and then, through whatever... Really, we're going to use the, the tool that it's through is what? What, how, what makes them not into barren women? Tefillah. Okay, that's the tool that Hashem says. We, we hear in, in, in the Midrash, it says, why were all the imaot barren? That's right, okay? Because Hashem, um, it says Hashem desires their prayers. Hashem is a taiva. He has a, he has a, a yearning for their prayers. Okay? For their tefillah. And we know that um, this, t- this type of tefillah is a very, very deep type of tefillah. So that's, that's really what we're going to talk about, okay? Um, okay, so the psukim say, right, I'm in source number four, but, v'tere Rachel ki lo yaldal Yaakov. Okay, and Rachel saw that she, you know, that she hadn't, given, she realized that she hadn't given birth to any children to Yaakov. And, to make matters worse, 
worse, v'tikane Rachel ba'achota, right? And Leah, her sister, had. Now, here's a question, right? I said, how many of the imaot were barren? Gab said all of them, and I said, yes, you're right. It doesn't appear that Leah was barren, right? Okay, it appears that she had no problem having babies. But in a different place, in, you know, a few psukim before this, the Torah tells us that Hashem opened her womb because she was snu'ah, okay? She was, she felt hated, or she was, you know, we know, you know, the whole story is, of course, right? Let's just go through it, just in case, you know, it's not fresh in everybody's minds, right? Um, Yaakov sees Rachel, we know, he kissed her, he falls in love with her, he, he, he goes right away to Lavan, he says, I want her hand in marriage. Lavan says, what? Work seven years, that's exactly right. He works for seven years, great. The night of the wedding, ah, right, okay, the next morning we realize that he has married Leah and he has not married Rachel. It's a very, very complicated sugya, okay? Um, but what, what happened in the middle there? How did, did, was Rachel locked in a closet when he married Leah? No. What happened? She gave over the signs. Okay, so the Midrash tells us, right, that, there were, that she and Yaakov were worried that this, just such a thing would happen. They knew Lavan well enough. She knew Lavan very well to know that he's a trickster. He's going to try to switch Rachel and Leah. Okay, who's older, Rachel or Leah? Leah. Leah, okay. What else do we know about Leah? The Torah tells us, Leah rakot, right? Her eyes were soft. What were they soft from? Crying. Crying, okay? Everybody knows this, right? Right? Everyone said, right? There's a Yaakov and, um, sorry, Yitzchak and Rivka have two boys, and Lavan and his wife have two girls. Clearly, they're, you know, meant for each other, because this is one family that um, only marries each other, okay? Again, not 2023, okay? Um, and the older one is going to marry the older one, so Leah's going to marry Esav, and the younger one's going to marry the younger one, Rachel's going to marry Yaakov. Okay? Leah cried, 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 cried so many tears that Hashem changed the decree, and, okay, but Rachel and Yaakov worked out signs, okay, so that just such a thing of Lavan switching Leah for Rachel wouldn't happen, yes? And Rachel makes this very, very big sacrifice, right? The Midrash tells us that it's a, such a huge sacrifice that when, I'm sure you all know this, right? That when, have you spoken about this already today? Yesterday. Okay, fine, yes. yesterday, good. Okay, so, so she makes this big sacrifice, great. Okay, um, so where am I? Um, okay, Rachel sees that, that Yaakov had, that, that Leah had born children, okay? So, oh, so, so Leah feels hated, and Hashem opened her womb, and actually the Midrash tells us that she actually was barren. She actually was barren, but Hashem made a miracle happen, Again, he opened her womb, and therefore she wasn't, she didn't, um, it didn't, uh, uh, it didn't play out as barrenness, okay? Okay, so what happens? So he, she, he, she, did you do this exact pasuk, Sukim? No. Okay. No. Okay. Um, I'm going to bring in a Rebbe Sicha, so I'm sure you didn't do that with anybody else, so that's fine. Okay. But, um, Vitomer el Yaakov, and she said to Yaakov, Hava libanim. Give me children. Ve'im ayin meita anochi. And if I don't have children, I will die. What's Yaakov's response? V'yachar af Yaakov. He gets annoyed with her. He gets angry with her. V'yomer hatachad elokim anochi. And he says to her, am I God? Am I instead of God? Asher manam imech pribeten. Pribaten. Am I God who, who, who blocked from you the fruit of your womb? Okay. And Rashi says something so interesting. He says, havali. 
What was what was what was uh maybe we'll read this maybe we'll talk about it outside. What's 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 um Rachel actually saying to Yaakov? Does she think that he can like snap his fingers and give her children? No. What's she asking him to do? To Davin Davin, okay? She says your father Davin for your mother, you know. Why why aren't you Davining for me? Do you think that it's possible that Yaakov wasn't Davining for Rachel? The Ramban says there's no way. Okay, go to the second line of the Ramban. At the end, we'll read the first line later. Okay, but the second line, he says, Ki Yaakov ef shar shelo nitpalel al ishto ha'ahuva ki akarahi ela shelo nitkabla tfilato. Okay, it's, there's no chance that Yaakov didn't daven for Rachel, his beloved wife, but his tfilot were not um, answered. Yeah, they were not received is really more the, the, more the idea. Ah, Okay, so let's talk about that. Okay, so so what what what's the what's the problem? And Rashi and Ramban bring out a very interesting idea. Okay, Rashi says, right? Look at the second Rashi. Asher manami mech. Okay, at omeret she'ese ke'aba. You're telling you're telling me that I should do like my father. Ani eni ke'aba. Aba lo hayu lo banim. Ani yeshli banim. Right? You want me to be like my father, but in the, the situation isn't the same. My, my father had no children. I have children. Right? Yitzchak had no children. It says that Yitzchak, Yitzchak and Rivka davened opposite, standing opposite each other. They davened with each other. Right? Because they had no children together. Yaakov's not in that position. Yaakov already has children from Leah. Yeah? Okay. So what is what is the uh, what is the uh, oh and 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 then to sort of like you know put the dig a little bit deeper he says right at the end at those last few lines those last few words of Rashi Hashem blocked children from you not from me ouch right okay so let's see what let's see what the Ramban says okay. Okay, so she realizes that she can't rely on the tefillah of Yaakov. What does she have to do? Pray for herself. And, she, and, and, you know, to Hashem, who's going to hear her cries. And we see a few psukim later in Bracious that, yes, Hashem actually does hear her. Okay, so hang on one second. So let's, let's, let's chassidus this up a little bit, okay? Because it's a little bit too, um, for me, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, for all of us. So, so, so here's the thing. Yaakov maybe said that in order to push her to, to, to see that she has no other place to go, right? There's so many Hasidish Amaisas, right? With every single Rebbe, right? We'll talk, you can tell with the Rebbe Levi Yitzhak, you can tell with the Baal Shem Tov, you can tell with the No Meli Melch, right? That a couple comes to him and they, and he say, and they say like, you know, give us a bracha for children and he says, you know, something like give me 82 rubles, right? And they're like, seriously? 82 rubles for a bracha for children? And he's like, give me 82 rubles or I can't give you the bracha. And they're like, we don't have 82 rubles. And he's like, well, you know, go get 82 rubles because that's how much I need to give you this bracha. And then 
there are very many versions of this story, okay? But basically, you, can, you know, the, the ver- the, they all end in this, you know, we're not giving you 82 rubles. Come on, we'll just stop into Hashem ourselves. Hashem will answer us. He doesn't need no 82 rubles to give us a bracha. And that's obviously what the Rebbe was, you know, trying to do the entire time because a bracha can come through a Rebbe, but it's not the Rebbe that, that makes the person, you know, have a baby. It's Hashem, right? So anybody that would come to the Rebbe with like, and the Rebbe could see that they're like, mis- they're like, it's, you know, misaligned in their like, you know, they, they think that going to the Rebbe is like the, you know, that the Rebbe has the, has the baby up in Shemaim and the Rebbe's gonna, no, that's not how it works, right? A Rebbe can give you a bracha, a Rebbe can help you to, you know, to, to, to um, focus your davening, right? But ultimately it's Hashem. So it's like this whole idea of like, there's nowhere to turn to but Hashem. And once we recognize that there's nowhere to turn to but Hashem, then our davening actually takes on a completely different tone. Yeah, Goldie, you wanted to say something. Wasn't she praying before, though? So that's the thing, uh, for sure. But it, take, it took on a different tone here because she realized that it was, she couldn't, like, Ke'ilu, maybe she thought, like, I'm going to daven, he's going to daven, they're going to daven, we're all going to daven, it's all going to happen, is that, you know? No, and then it wasn't happening. And then for him to say to her, you know, like, I'm not davening for you, you know, and then she, then her davening took on like a great, much, much, much more powerful force because it came from this place of like, I have nowhere else to turn to. There's nothing else for me to rely on except for you, Hashem. And that's, that's the turning point. Yeah. I think it's similar also with like Khan and Al-Khan. Yeah, for sure, for sure. She realized like she couldn't rely on al yeah, and we also talk about Panina that way, right? Because, you know, I, it was always interesting. Like, if you learn just the shot of the story, pe- people might say, like, well, why would anyone ever name their daughter Panina? Because she's not so nice, right? But if you, if you learn the Hasidus, if you learn the Paninius, it says that, that Panina actually did it to get, you know, to get Chana to, like, you know, to light a fire under Chana. Like, like if she didn't, if she couldn't reach that place of, like, I have nowhere else to go, and I, I have to cry out to Hashem from the bottom of my being, then, then it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to happen, and, and Nina helps her to get there by nidgering her. Yeah? Rachel, you want to say something? Okay. Okay. So, so, here's where we're, so, so, so here's one of the things that I want to say, okay? That um, Rachel represents... Right, Rachel is, is, is the word that's used about Rachel is, I mean, let's go back to this for a second, okay? Why is Rachel Imenu's Yurtzeit the gamashria of Akara? Sorry, this noise is driving me crazy. Right, why is Rachel Imenu's Yurtzeit um, the, the gamashria of Akara? Because that's the essence of her being. Meaning she, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a duality here, Okay. The essence of her being, the, the who she thought she was, was, in, was a mother. Okay? That's who she thought she was. How it's playing out is that she's an akara, not a mother. And, and that, that doesn't align with, with, with her, you know, with who she knows she was kind of like sent into the world to be. And so, so, so there's, a, there's, a, there's a yearning there. To change, to change that, you know, to 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 like, I can't be, you know, an isha akara represents like this this the the almost like the deepest level of yearning that you could, that one could possibly imagine because 
that's you know uh, the, the that's like such an essential part of being a woman is Bezrat Hashem someday being being a mother, and you know Bezrat Hashem it should be easy for everybody and you know it should it should all uh, come clearly and you know and and healthfully, um, but it's not so simple sometimes, right? And and it and it becomes I'll tell you what I was married for a year before I um, before I got pregnant, and that doesn't sound like a lot. But my older sister was married for four years. At this, like she got married three years before me, and so the four years that she didn't have babies, and then the one year that I didn't have babies, like I kind of added her four years onto my or her three years already, like onto my year. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, this is like a thing in our family, right? Like that's what it looked like to me because she had already been married for a long time, and 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 she wasn't pregnant, and and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like. Like I, like it, and it, it's very, very hard. Like it's very, I mean, Bar Hashem, you know, after a year, Hashem blessed us both, actually. What, the day that I told her that I was pregnant was the day that she found out that she was pregnant. Wow. And, um, and, and so we have, we have babies like six weeks apart, basically. Um, and our first two, our first, our oldest. Um, and, um, and, and so the, the, yeah, Bar Hashem. Because that was a really hard phone call to make, right? Like, I, you know, I wanted... She actually guessed. She actually guessed. I was living in Australia. There was no, no Zoom. She didn't see me, you know? And I, like, mom was like, I was talking to her, and she's like, are you pregnant? And I was like, um... <laughs> very strange. Um, it, it was really, it was like a... It, 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 it eroded myself, my sense of self, I would say, very much. Um, and, and so Rachel represents something called Hishtokukum, okay, or Hishtokukus. Hishtokukus means yearning, it means longing, okay? Um, Hishtokukus, spelled like this, okay? I brush up on my spelling for you guys, okay? Um, yearning, longing, okay? She, she, she felt her being in her being, that this was who she was supposed to be, and it, and, and, it, and it felt, like, blocked from her. And so she represents this, like, davening on, like, a, a level of pouring out your heart, like Chana, right? Pouring out your soul before Hashem, but she came first, before Chana, yeah? So, but, you're, but the wording is, is the same. The wording is the same. Um, and that's what she represents really still in the world, okay? It's not always about... Um, barrenness. Sometimes it's about fear for your children that are actually in India alone. Um, sometimes it's about fear for you know your child who's on the bus. Sometimes it's you know fear for um, for. I'm going to say something also that maybe I don't know. This is really just for me, okay? So I don't have any I don't have any uh, backing me up. But as a woman. Um, you know, I, I feel like we kind of feel about all of our, our projects even, like all of our activities that they're kind of like our children. Um, and so we get very attached to like things that we're doing and, and, and things that we put our heart and soul into. And there's hishtokakut in that also, right? That that should be successful or like that, you know, this shidduch that I'm working on for somebody else should be successful or this bless you or this, this trip or this, um, this, this tzedakah, you know, organization or whatever it is. That those also can, in some way, you know, on a on a on a deeper expanded level, those can also feel like our yeladim, our children, right? 
Um, so she's so she like represents this 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 deep yearning level. Okay, now let's go into the the, the other piece. Okay, because I wanna I wanna make sure to say what the what the Rebbe said. Okay, so so she says Okay, okay, and then what happens? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, I don't know where they are. Okay. Um, okay, and then what happens? Okay, eventually Baruch Hashem, she has Yosef. Right, his very name. Is base is 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 you know asking like okay now I have a son I want more right okay um, right Hashem should should add on to the number of children okay and then and then also this is like so it's so poignant right because how does she die in childbirth in childbirth right because it was so it's like she gave everything to being a mother literally literally everything. Okay, and she gave birth to Binyamin, and then and then she dies. Okay, and and uh, and 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 uh, and Yaakov buries her there. Okay. Now, at the very end of Yaakov's life, okay, when he when he's about to start giving the brachas, okay, this is in the scene where Yosef actually brings Ephraim and Menashe in to meet Yaakov, okay, or in to be brach- to be blessed by Yaakov. Um, and right before he blesses them, he says, he basically is, uh, the, the Rebbe says, he kind of like apologizes to Yosef, okay? And, and the form of his apology is this. Um, I, 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 they have in parentheses, I do this, okay, whatever. I, I'm, I'm ble- There's a lot of behind that, but let's just say, right, what happened I was returning from Padan, and, and I, I, that Meta Alai Rachel is so, it's so heart-searing, right? Like, it doesn't just say, like, Meta Rachel. It says, like, Meta Alai. She died from me. She died on me. She, you know, like, it, that life was never the same again, right? Um, and, and it was in the, I was, you know, we were, we were journal, journeying. We were Baderech, okay? Very, very, also very interesting that she's like, <coughs> constantly connected to this Baderech. Okay, we'll, we'll get back to that. Be'od kivrat eretz lavo efrata ve'ekorah sham baderah baderah efrat he beit lecha. Okay, and we and and she 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 died there when still some different some distance short of efrat, and I buried her there on the road to efrat, which is now called beit lecha. Okay, um, so Rashi says ekorah sham ekorah ekorah Sham, okay, I buried her there. Okay, now, now, wh- I'm sorry. The Rebbe points out. Okay, the Rebbe brings this pasuk, and he show and 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 he says basically, point. He brings the pasuk that says that Yaakov asked Yosef, "What does Yaakov make Yosef promise?" To bury him in Eretz Yisrael. Right to to bring him to bring his bones to bury him back in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, and 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 the Rebbe points out that. He he then he says this, and it's like an apology. Like, how could I ask you to bury me in Eretz Yisrael when I didn't bury your mother in the Maras Machpela? He he's talking to Yosef. But he's talking she to Yosef. Want to be buried there? Oh, okay. So that's what that's what the Rebbe says. Okay, and that's what the that's what the Rebbe points out that the Midrash tells us. Okay, I buried her there. Velo halach. 
Tiha, afilu lebeit lechem lachnisa laeret. Laeret, I'm on the back here, yeah, the Rashi, okay? Um, I, I, I buried her there. I didn't even bring her into Beit Lechem in order to, like, you know, to be buried, like, you know, in the Kilu, like, the right way. She's like, Mama, she was like, on the road, buried on the road. But Yadati, Shiesh, Belibcha, Alai, okay? And I know that you have something in your heart about that. Like, it's unsettling for you, Yosef, that I did that, okay? There's something, like, I know you. Kilo, like you're not mad, mad at me, but there's something sticking in your heart about that. And and when he asked, you know, oh by the way, and also bury me, bring my, you know, make, take the trouble to take my bones out of Mitzrayim and bury me in Eretz Yisrael. That 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 line kind of like, you know, stirred up that something that was buried there in his heart about the fact that his mother was buried on the road, not even in Beit Lechem. Okay, Aval Dalacha Shalpi Hadibur. Exactly like you said, okay? That I, I actually buried her there because that's where she's supposed to be buried, whether it's, you know, what she asked for or it's, it's, it's supposed to be, okay? It's what she wants. Okay? So that they would, they, that she could be an Ezra Lebaneha, that she could be a help for her children. When they are in Gullis. That's us. And they were going to pass by there. Yotzeit Rachel. This is like the most, like, you know, tear jerking piece of Tanakh, right? It's from Yirmiyahu. Yotzeit Rachel al Kavra Ubocha, right? She, 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 the, there's this image of her that she's going to come out and stand on her grave. And, and as the Jews are passing by on their way to Gullis, she's going to be crying for them, for us. And she's going to ask, she's going to be davening to Hashem, her, her midah of davening for his, from this place of hishtokakus. She's going to daven for us, for rachamim, for mercy on us. Right, that's the pasuk from Yirmiyahu, that the, the a voice is heard on high. That's the end there that it got cut off, right? That cut, and there's other words, but that's basically the, the gist of it, right? That she's going to be crying for us. And Hashem will say, when she's crying for us, right? What's Hashem respond to her? That there is a reward for your efforts, for your work. Hashem says, your children will return to their borders. Okay? First of all, you should all make Aliyah. Okay. <laughs> second of all, <laughs> um, second of all, okay, so the Rebbe points out, okay, so now this is where Chazal bring the idea, the, the Midrash, right, that what's the schar lepu'ulatech, that this is where, that's where they bring that whole Midrash that she gave Leah the Simanim, okay, the Rebbe actually says, no, 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 that's not, okay, that's one level, that's one layer, but there's another layer here. There's another dimension. What's the peulatech that she's receiving a schar for? Okay, so I have it in, in English for you here, okay? Rachel's pleas for mercy for her children specifically have the power to ensure the promise that the children shall return to their borders. For it is in the merit of this deed, namely that she was prepared to forego the virtue of burial in the Maras Machpelah so that she may be of assistance for her children. That's what the Rebbe says is the pu'ulatech. Okay? That she gave it up for Leah? That she gave it up for us. 
that she gave up being buried in Mara Samachpela. She on purpose was buried baderech on the way so that she could be there for us when we went into exile or continue to be there for us as we were in exile, right? Because just because we're in Eretz Yisrael doesn't mean that we're not in exile. We definitely are, okay? So that, that, that's actually her pu'ula. So Chazal teach, okay, so fine. On one level, her pu'ula was giving the simanim to Leah. And so the reward is that she's going to be able to help, you know, the children and the, and the or the reward is really that, our, that we're going to return to the borders, Yes. But what the Rebbe says is that the, the wording can be read a different way. It can be read a different way that actually her, her reward is, is that we're going to return to the borders. But what's her pu'ula? Her pu'ula is choosing to be buried separately. Yaakov didn't do it just stam because he had no time to go to Beit Lechem. He didn't do it because he didn't have the energy to go to Maris Machpelah. He did it because it's what she wanted. Because she wanted to be the mother that we all go to. She wanted, this is how she sees herself. She is our M. And a mother doesn't uh, close off from her children. And she felt that that was like, would be like symbolic. That she would be buried outside because we're also outside. That she would be buried baderech because we're also baderech. Right? We are constantly baderech. We never reach our goal. Right? And sometimes we feel like baderech is like, the worst thing in the world because how, how am I ever going to get there? And, and it's, it's worthless to be baderech because I'm not there. And she's saying, no, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I know we're all baderech. But, you know, when Mashiach comes, then we'll be there. But baderech is, 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 where you, is, is where you can put in the effort. That's where you can put in the work. That's where you can, you know, you shouldn't, shouldn't undervalue it. And she wanted to be in that with us. And so her schar, on one hand, is, yes, that's what she got. But on the other hand, it's a promise that, that, that we will come back. And it's, it's partly due to her help and her prayers that we are going to come back. We'll just read the rest of the piece because it's in English and it's easy. Um, and she forgoes this for children that will arise after many generations, us, and who are in an undesirable standing and condition. Again, us. Well, I'll speak for myself. Me. So much so that Galus was decreed on them. Nevertheless, for these children that sinned and were exiled, Rachel Imenu forgoes the merit of being buried in the Maharas Bachpelah together with Yaakov Avinu for hundreds and thousands of years in order that through this she will be of assistance to her children. And this is the reason that she evoked the promise. that the ch- And th- that action got the promise. Right? And the children shall return to their own border. That's her Mesiris Nefesh. Right? That she chose to be outside Maris Machpelah. And that is her sacrifice that is going to help bring Geula. For since she forgoes her greatness for the sake of these children, due to the essential attachment between her and them, whatever condition they are in. In 2023, so confused, so mibobal. This evokes from heaven measure for measure, for notwithstanding the visible condition of the children who were decreed gullus, who on who were decreed gullus, God promised that the children shall return to their own border. For since they are her children, they will certainly return to their own border with the true and complete geula speedily in our time, Mamish. Amen. 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 Okay, bracha from the Rebbe. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. So that is Rachel Imenu. Yes. 
Rachel Imenu is, is and, and that's why we're so connected to her, because she's constantly giving to us. She's still giving to us. She's there, she's giving to us, and um, may we be zocha, zochim, zochot, to, um, to, to, uh, well, I mean, to, you know, to bring Mashiach now, really. That's like the only thing. I was at a, uh, I was at a women's uh, event last night for Rachel Imenu, for whatever, for the, you know, and, um, and, and, and this very holy woman got up and she said, you know, like, like, like our, our, our crying, right? Our tears, the, Rebbe Nachman says, right? Like no, te- the, the Zohar says, Hashem counts the tears of women, right? That the tears don't go in vain. They're not, they're collected and they, they make something, right? Our, our, our tefilot, our, our, our hishtokaku, it's, it's not, it's not empty. It creates something. It creates vessels. It creates vessels to receive Hashem's light. It creates, it shapes us into beings who can daven with more depth and more imuna and more um, connection and, and, and more power. That's what it creates. And, and so, so she was saying, um, she was like, we have to believe in that. We have to believe in that. Hashem told us that this is what we're supposed to do. Right? And, 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 and unfortunately, you know, he made it hard, really, really hard. And in the really, really hard, the only thing that, like the most powerful thing in the really, really hard is this, is the yearning for it to be over, for it to be beautiful, for it to be, you know, for us to be connected. And, 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 and what she said was, we have to believe that it can happen. That it can happen tonight, that's what she said. Like, we have to believe that it can happen right now. Like, right now, we can hear shofars. Right now, it could happen in a second. Keharif ayin. And like when she said that, I actually got chills because it like really, like there are moments, you know, there are moments when you really feel like, oh, it really can happen. So Bezrat Hashem, we should, we should, we should feel like that. We should feel like that. Like it can really happen any second. Bezrat Hashem.